Welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. I'm your host, Alex Ott, and today we are continuing with a new series that we started this fall. It's all about ministry in the African context. Of course, cross-cultural ministry. In the last interview, my colleague and the Associate Director of the Institute of World Mission, Dr. Oscar Asindo, started discovering what it means for a cross-cultural worker to adapt to an African context. Today, Oscar interviews Pastor Jean-Pierre Malumba. Pastor Malumba serves in the West African Division in a country with a predominant Muslim background population. For this reason, for reasons of safety, we will omit the name of the actual country, but are very happy to share that Pastor Malumba serves as a president of a local mission. He has many years of prior service across the African continent and at different levels of the church. Friends, the role of deeply embedded culture, personal desire to adapt and learn, great religious barriers. These are just some of the themes of this rich interview that you're about to hear. With that, let's get straight to it. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. Uh, Pastor Mulumba, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Pastor. We want to explore cross-cultural mission in the African context, and you have served in Africa for some years, as already mentioned. Uh, please share what you do and an overview of the history of your ministry in Africa. Yes, thank you, Pastor, for giving me that opportunity. Uh, I've started working for the church in 1984, so I've been serving for the past 30, 36 years. Because I started as a teacher, and uh, I, I was uh, I was a teacher on on our secondary school, then uh, became a school principal, and then a, a church pastor, district pastor. Then from there, I moved to Rwanda to our university in Rwanda, then um, Central Africa University that was mm -hmm. located in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. I was a I, I worked there as a dean of men, there as a dean of student. I was also yes. a French teacher there. Then uh, moved to Nigeria, yes. where I, I had my my second master's in uh, religion at the Andrews University program at Babcock University, where I also taught as a French teacher there. Then went back to to Congo. Mm. After my studies, because the, the situation was not good in Rwanda, I was to go back to the university. Then I went mm. to Congo and I, I became the mission secretary, then mm. the mission president. Yes. And from there, I was called to Cote d'Ivoire as the division youth director. I stayed there for, for eight years and then moved to ECD, Eastern Central Africa Division, as youth and the chaplaincy director, and also as the field secretary for five years. So I stayed there. Uh, at ECD for 14 years, and from there I moved to West Africa. But I, I, I also had several other positions, apart from being being field secretary. I was in charge of uh, the division university council chairman, and I for Lukanga, for Rwanda, for Baraton, all those universities. And then that's from there I moved to West Africa in West Sahel Mission 
uh, union as the union uh, stewardship director yes. and then the mission president. So I've been there for five years or so. Yes, that's quite so an enormous in, experience. I, I've served uh, around 30, uh, 36 years of service in the Seventh Adventist Church. Amen. Um, I also remember Pastor Mulumba when you were at the division headquarters in Nairobi at ECD. You used yeah. to have um, another ministry, a very unique ministry, and that was uh, uh, counseling the political class. Yes. Uh, you run uh, yes. classes for those Adventist politicians. Mm -hmm. You would call them together and you would counsel with them. I yes, it was that uh, under chaplaincy. Chaplaincy. It was yeah. a very good time yeah. to spend with those politicians, basically those seven Adventist people who were working as politicians. Yes. And I felt the need for them to be advised, to be counseled, to be helped in, in way the way they could do the work without offending the people and offending the church at the same time. So it was important to have those meetings. They were good, good meetings, really. Okay. Yeah, in other words, uh, being good ambassadors of the church in the political arena. Exactly. And in government. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I, I remember that as well. So how are you doing mission during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, it, it wasn't easy as it, it, it is. Uh, it is not easy as it is in other places because of uh, the restriction of um, moving around, the confinement. Yes. And it became very difficult to, to do mission. But we, we, we reflected quickly. We met together as as mission and we discussed and found ways of addressing the people without relenting. Because it, it, the tendency is that you are tempted to say, okay, I cannot do anything because the situation yeah. is very difficult. So, but we decided that we do something for us. Uh, we started with WhatsApp group chats. Yeah. Bible, where we, we gave Bible studies, and we saw that there was a very big interest. Then we decided to set up uh, 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 to set up a Zoom uh, ministry for evangelism and for Bible studies, and people were flocking. We were studying uh, Daniel and uh, Revelation, and people were very interested. So many people came and they came in. They were asking questions. What we we did was to tell our own people to invite to the Zoom meetings the relatives friends and when people came they you know for for muslims for instance when we are not talking about the new testament they are so so interested so they they knew that we were talking about daniel and they came they really came and they found it very good because they did they didn't see anything that could they, that could offend them and then when they get used to daniel we, we moved to to revelation and it was so easy to move from Daniel to Revelation because it was like the continuation of the story that we were studying in Daniel. So they got mm -hmm. interested. They never, they never, they never understand how they pass through from the New Testament to the from the Old Testament to the New Testament. They did not mm -hmm. feel it, and they found themselves already caught up in the, the story because the Revelation being like the continuation of, uh, of of Daniel, it was easy for them to get along with it and to love it and understand. That's what we did, and we've been also using phone calls mm. to strengthen our members. We, we, are, we, are, we are recording every Sabbath, every Friday. We send them a video for mm. the sermon of the Sabbath. Mm. So every Sabbath they have a sermon, a small video, so people do not really uh, starve because mm. the, the Word of God is, all, is always there. 
Yeah. So with that, we, 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 we did not even go into recession like other missions because when we have reports, people will be telling us that they, they, they don't have enough tithes, they don't have enough uh, means to pay the, 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 the workers. We never went to that because we kept them so busy. We mm. created uh, uh, what we call family churches. Not every family became a church. Every, every family had the program, the church program, exactly the way it is for the church. We gave them that church program. Yeah. And they followed it all through correctly, giving tithes, giving offerings. Even we, 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 had a, we had a miracle that happened. The tithes and the offerings that we used to give in the normal time was, was three times less than what, when we, 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 what we were giving during, the, during this time of COVID. Uh-huh. And when other missions were in a recession, yeah. us, we were plus 40, the percentage of our tithes and offerings, to the extent that even the neon asked us, but what do you do? What yeah. are you doing for you to be like this? Yeah. Because this is our, our, our thing. We keep in touch with our members very regularly. We spend money on that. Yes. Using phone calls, using WhatsApp, using Zoom, and yes. doing Bible studies, but also monitoring the family churches. Every family became a church. Yes. So now, this family is given is given the program, the usual program of the church with everything, and they monitor themselves. They they take the tithes and offerings, and we ask them. We say, you should have a place to put your tithes and offerings. Don't keep it in your pockets. Yes. And during the Zoom time, when they say this is time for offerings. I ask everyone to to show where they are putting the money, mm. and you see every church, family church showing. This is where I put my money. This is where I put my, my yes. money. They do the collection very well, and it, 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 when they, they ask us to open the churches, people had it very difficult to accept it to go back to churches mm. because they said the Zoom is better than the church. Mm. And I say why? I say because we are all together, so we are now one church. It was difficult to convince them to go to to go back to the normal churches because it was so well done with the help of the Lord, and we we did evangelism. Right now, we are waiting for the opening of the the real opening of, of the church. Then we have twenty one people waiting for baptism that came through just through this period of COVID. So we we are trying all the means doing that to accomplish our mission during this uh, COVID nineteen. Yes, this is quite amazing to hear that during COVID-19, the church has thrived even more than before COVID-19 by church member increase and even uh, surprisingly that the giving has actually gone much higher and the membership is revitalized and continuing to be very active. We really praise God for your leadership uh, Pastor Milumba, uh, because there are, there, are, there are many conferences and entities around the world that are struggling uh, mm-hmm. with finances during COVID-19 uh, pandemic, and even church attendance and church participation has really gone down. So you yeah. asked is quite um, a case uh, study that yes. would actually educate uh, the whole world, and I believe that those who are listening to this podcast uh, will want to get in touch with you and probably learn more on how you've been able to do that. Yeah, not so really, God helped us. God yes. helped us to the extent that even when the union asked us 
how far we were going to pay our salary this year. Yes. We told them that we will not only pay our salary, even if we, everything stopped, yes. we will pay our salary not only up to December, yes. but we will be able to pay up to April 2021. Even if everything stopped, we will yes. be able to do that on our own. That's amazing. And we are just a mission. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, Pastor Mulumba, as you already stated, uh, I reckon that you are from a Christian animist uh, country. And then you are now serving in, uh, in an animist Muslim country. Tell, me, tell us about your cultural gaps or boundaries that you found to be most challenging when you went there. Yes, the most ch challenging um, uh, gap or, or even boundary in, uh, in, in West Africa in general is the fact that, you know, when you, you talk about Africa, some people think Africa is just one country. But, uh, mm. Africa is just a mosaic yes. of cultures. Yes. And, uh, and the, the challenging part is that the kind of, uh, of Islam they have is is a totally different uh, kind because the, the the country is 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 um, is not uh, under Sharia and uh, also the, the, they don't have the Quran is not in the local language it's not even in 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 French and uh, and the culture is very very strong on them yes to the extent that even if they are Muslims yeah the culture is even is even above above the faith yeah so if they had to choose to go to a feast that is just a, a traditional thing yes they will go there instead of going to the mosque uh, and if they have to make the choice between uh between islam and uh, and and culture they will choose culture so it makes it, it makes it very difficult for you to penetrate the world because they will be uh uh just uh, protected by the culture to such to the extent that even even penetrating that culture is just very very difficult for instance if someone was uh was uh, a muslim and they wanted to become a christian if even if he wanted yeah he will not become because of the fact that the social tidings are very 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 strong yes. and uh they they always live together in a family house to the extent that if one goes out of that of the, of the culture yes. you know, of Islam has gone out of family. Yes. So it will be it will just be rejected completely. But the culture is very, very strong there. Very strong. That is that is the, the, the challenging part of the of, of it because of the attachment to, to the culture and to the, the traditions. They they keep on practicing like uh, like witchcraft even if they are they are, they are, they are Muslims. Yes, that is the animist, animist part of uh, of Islam as well. Yes, so they they they, they, they keep on doing those things, and um, it is very difficult for, for you as a preacher, as a missionary, to to distinguish between culture and religion. There is such an implication about the two, uh, so much that people see religion with the understanding of the culture. So they see religion through the eyes of the culture. So it, it, it is, that is the challenge, which means if you want to address them, we have to address two things. You will not be addressing only uh, uh, religion, but also traditions. 
yes. and culture. That's when, when when it becomes very difficult because sometimes you have to destroy the culture for you to make them understand religion. Yeah, that's quite a challenge. But now, on, on, your own, on your own personal part, as uh, somebody from Congo, what part yes. of your Congolese culture would the people find challenging? What did they find challenging in your own you know, Congolese culture that you bring onto the field with you? Yeah, I mean, in, in our culture in Congo, we are open-minded yeah. people. Yes. We speak our mind. We say what we think. We express ourselves. Yeah. So that we may be read, yes. you know, by other people. The people can see what we are. Yes. We are outgoing people, and uh, we, we there is this openness that we have because we have the freedom of speech. Yes. And we behave like that. We, yes. we talk very much. We express ourselves, and then we can now control our sentiments because we can put them out just out. People will see, but yes. they they are secretive. Mm -hmm. they, they don't express their views clearly. They, 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 you can talk to someone, you finish, say, it, it tells you, uh, I've understood. Yes. And that's the whole answer that we give you. Yes. But it doesn't mean that he has understood, but it just like, okay, it, it, give me a little piece. Yeah, is what we call a relational yes. Just yes, but it's a relational yes. Exactly. You don't really mean it. Exactly. But they will never do what they, they, who you told them. They don't mean it. So another thing is that we are committed to work, but for them, mm -hmm. working is a lot that they don't really like. They don't like that. So so what have so you... Is, so so is, what have you... have to fight with them. Yeah, so I'm just wondering, what have you done, you and uh, your wife Mimi, what do you do to, to, to cross the cultural gap or to adapt? So what have you done to, to bridge that gap? Really, we needed to adapt quickly. Yes. Because cross-cultural issues can make you, you work to fail. You needed to be begin understanding them. At first, I thought it was almost impossible to do mission in that place because everything was different from wherever I, I, I've been. You know, I've yeah. been in Africa. I've been, I've been in so many places, Nigeria. But yeah. when I came there, I was just, this is completely different, completely different. So they, they, they like, for instance, receiving like giving. No, they, they, they like receiving, they don't like giving, yes. because it is cultural. If, if you, you, you expect the people in the church to give tithes and offerings, it's not easy. Because for them, in Muslim, they don't have tithes, they don't have offerings. And uh, if they give something to the, to the Imam, they give on their own, because they have decided to do, to do so. But they don't come to, to, to the mosque with money to give. Yes. Rather, when they need money, when they are suffering, they go to the mosque, they go ask, so they don't give. It wasn't easy to make them understand that uh, giving, uh, worshipping God me means going with the sacrifice. So you need to go yeah. and uh, tell them the story, the story of, 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 in the Old Testament, in the Viticles, to tell them about uh, about the sacrifice, and you yeah. see how people sacrifice. They, 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 we, we have to tell them the story that they know very well, the story of, of Abraham, when he went to sacrifice his, his son Isaac, so we, we tell them those stories to tell to tell them that if you want to go to Jesus, if you want to go to God, yes. we need to go with money, we need to go with sacrifice, we need to go with goods, yes. things that you love, things the most important things that you have, like like yes. your son, like 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 Isaac went with your son, yeah. his son. So you, you need you need to do so. 
and uh, we, we needed to adapt to the situation but also bring them from adaptation to islam yes to to let them know that now this is what you have to do as as, as people of god so another thing we we did was to mingle with them we needed to to be with them to mm. when they call us for some meetings like for instance they have a naming ceremony when yes. there is a new child that is born yes and we used to go there and then participate we will even uh have a small service there yes we try to to make that service like like the the the, the, the consecration service even if, even if it is not so yeah we could go to even people who are not muslims who are not uh, christians that will invite us for for the naming ceremony and we'll go there and spend time with them eat yes. with them so they saw we accepted them and then they started also accepting us and that is the way we we, we dealt with them and then we could get along we just built bridges and yes. uh, we decided that we will keep a relationship that is not going even to talk about bible or about about the quran we we are just friends yes and when they they like us and slowly slowly we start telling them about uh, about jesus and another way that we did to adapt was to 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 have to call them to our house for food yes they they really like eating so we we could have some little time and uh, in the evening maybe for an hour or an hour and a half we call them yeah and we eat together we share we laugh and then they go so it will be easy now to pass the message across to them yeah it, it seems it seems to me that uh, those uh, things that you have done they have really impacted your ministry um the the, the changes the adaptations that you had to do um mm -hmm. have impacted and they are really impacting on your ministry but I also, yes. also, also want to ask you what book or what are the educational resource, whether it is a university class or online course or a local mentor you have that helped you to adapt to context. Yeah, I had, I had so much help. Yeah. For instance, the, the um, resources we had from, uh, from IWM. The Institute, yes. Yeah, they were really outstanding they really helped me then when i went through them and uh, i i found so many things that i didn't know about islam then it gave me also the opportunity to look for other resources yes because they could mention some resources in the books and then i will i'll go on internet and look for them yes. and find i found so many good books like this book uh, written by armstrong karen about Muhammad, the, biography, the biography of, uh, of, of the prophet i loved it yes. it gave me a lot of information about the prophet about his yes. life about his background yes. about the inspiration from, uh, from mecca and all those things and it was really very very good yes. some other other books like uh, the introduction to 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 the muslim world by hamid akbar who is who is also an arab so it was a very good thing Yes. to see to to understand the religion religion uh, religion through an, an arabic kind of tradition and it was so very very uh, yes. interesting so everything that i could find even i find some some small booklet pamphlet that my former uh, colleague the one who was the mission president before me yes. had piled up in the, in the cupboard there with the law 
the Ten Commandments, the version that is from the Quran and the version from the Bible. Yeah. Those things were very good. Even though Islam has not do not have does not have the, the Ten Commandments lined up like we have in Exodus. Yes. You could find all through the Quran all the Ten Commandments were there, including yeah, Sabbath. Yes. Including Sabbath. Mm. So it was easy for, for, for me to teach them the Sabbath even from the Quran. Yes. So it was it was really very, very important. Then uh, then also the methodology I, I even created myself because I yeah, I, I needed to understand the place and also create my own way of addressing the issues of Islam. Yeah, I finally, by reading the Quran very much, I I understood that it would be it would be easier for me to preach to them using the Quran than using the Bible, mm -hmm. and that was very fruitful because I could tell them, for instance, about the life of uh, of Abraham in the Quran. Yes, I could correct some of the understanding, like uh, about about uh, Esau and, uh, and and Jacob. Yes, I, I could also go and. Uh, Correct things like the, all the things are there about about uh, Isaac and uh, and Ishmael, but also I could trace. I could talk to them about about the the, the, the where Jesus came from, about the divine origin of Jesus mm. through through the Quran. I'll, I'll go, for instance, read with them uh, Surat three, the the the, the Surat of, of Mary, yeah. and uh, it, it is clear there that Mary was a virgin. And uh, Jesus came to be born, and Jesus, uh, Jesus came from heaven, he, from God. He was, yeah. is the, is from God. And uh, then I would, I would, I would tell them to show them how Jesus was different, was this different kind yes. of person. Because even uh, during the childhood, he, he could create, he could take the mud and uh, and drop, and and and, and uh, he will uh, take the mud, and when he drop them down, they will become birds. Yes. And uh, I, I told them that from the Quran, the Quran says that. You, Jesus never never seen. He yes. was holy, and then I could ma now make the link to ask them why is it that Jesus is holy? They say because he's divine. Yes, that's why he's holy. That's why this why he cannot sin. Then from there I I, I move to 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 the to the death of Jesus, to resurrection, to the ascension, yes. and to to the soon coming. So everything will be just done from the Quran. Yes. And I used to tell them that I, I'm I'm using the third way. The third way, because in Islam they talk about this third way, which is not Islamic, which is not Christian, but mm -hmm. is in between. So when I use that from the Quran, because uh, they they themselves believe that there is another way, they call it another way. So I use that expression that you that they use to tell them that what I'm teaching them is another way. Then they, it is like it's not Christian, like it's not Islam, but it is just the word of God. So they get it so well and. Uh, we we have, we have made it possible to baptize many of them so they they, they are very receptive it is yeah. difficult when we held the campaigns they will not come but if if you put, we make it public they will not come yes but what you have to do is to to work on them on uh, we, we do bible studies and then we have a campaign in a very close place yes. we call it bible conference then yeah. they can come they can come and listen and uh, we, we also have to know that some of them will baptize them at night, yeah, because they cannot be baptized during the day. Yes. So we have to we have to make sure, provision that whatever they ask, when they want baptism, we will just comply with them. Thank you. Uh, finally, uh, before we end, uh, Pastor Mulumba, 
Uh, we have a praying community of listeners, our missionaries, our workers, our church members from around the world. Uh, would you be willing to share several prayer requests that you would like the world of uh, the community of believers to pray for you? Yeah, well, I have several several uh, prayer requests. The first yeah. one will be uh, that uh, the people will be able to free themselves from the from culture. Yeah, because that's the most important. That is most important. Thing. That's the most difficult thing for them to do. Some of them are in the church, but they have not been able to depart from the culture. They are still there. God will do something. Another thing is that now that they have understood the giving, because they have understood the giving, I want I want God to make them also have the spirit of commitment, commit themselves to, to work, because sometimes they go and they come back. They go and they, 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 they draw behind. Yeah. So if they can, have, they can be committed fully, the work is going to advance and so many things are going to be done in, in that place. And the last one is to, to like uh, meetings. Okay. For instance, uh, Wednesday and Friday, they don't mostly come to, ch to church for, for, for meet. And because of that, when we started this, uh, the time of COVID, and I saw that they really loved the, the Zoom meetings, I, I also made it possible. I told them that instead of coming to church, you will be in Zoom, on Zoom in Wednesday and mm -hmm. on Friday. And now it, it works well. We are, by Sabbath, they come. They come. Wednesday and Friday, we use those means. Uh, we could pray that they, they get back to, to church on Friday and on Wednesday, that will give some, something very good. Yeah, okay. We, we will uh, we, we ask our, our members and our missionaries from around the world to you know, pray for this, but even me, as we end, I will uh, pray with you as well on these uh, items. Yeah, the last one is about uh, prompting some young men to accept to get into the ministry. Yeah. Right now, I'm the only uh, modern pastor. So I have to run all over the country to baptize, to conduct weddings, to do everything. I'm, I'm alone. So if we could have other pastors, other young people could go to the seminar and, uh, and become pastors, that would be very good. Uh, how many pastors do you have in total? Uh, I, had, I had five pastors, but two of them left. Also, oh, you have three? So I have three. Yeah, okay. Okay, then uh, let's, uh, let me pray with you as well, pray for you. Thank you so much. As we end, yeah. Uh, dear Lord, we want to give you thanks and to praise you. It's been wonderful again listening to your servant, Pastor Mulumba, sharing with us uh, his experience of ministry. Uh, we thank you for the way that you have used him, even in difficult times of the pandemic, to lead the church uh, so that the church continues to thrive both uh, in membership and as well as uh, financially. Lord, we give you the praise. Uh, we want to pray. Uh, he has raised various uh, items. We pray for those items. We pray for the people that, Lord, you will touch their hearts and, and much more that you will help them to negotiate with their own cultures uh, so that they can be free in Christ. We pray for their giving, which, and we thank you for it, that their giving is good. But we also pray that they will be committed personally to serve you and to share your word. Uh, we also want to pray that the people will uh, appreciate and uh, when COVID-19 is gone, they can still 
prefer to go to church, uh, meet and uh, fellowship with other Christians as well for their own personal warmth and, and growth. And uh, last but not least, Lord, we also want to pray for the workers. Uh, hearing the testimony of your servant, uh, the country is ripe for harvest, but the reapers are few, and we pray that your spirit will uh, speak to the hearts of uh, young men and women as well, uh, who will respond uh, to serve you on a full-time uh, basis so that your work can prosper in that country. Mm -hmm. We pray for Pastor Mulumba and his wife Mimi for their many years of service and dedication to your work in many parts of Africa. And may your spirit, may your love continue to be with them as they serve you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Special appreciation to pastors Mulumba and Asinda for this thought-provoking interview. We have one more episode in store this season in this series, particularly on adapting and adjusting to an African culture. I'm personally looking very much forward to that next episode with Dr. Asinda as a host. I wanted to give a shout-out to Mark, Daisy, and Ronald today. You know, guys, who you are. Thank you, friends, for your tremendous suggestions and interactions in the last couple weeks. You reached out with your ideas for podcast episodes based on your observations and experiences. What you did was huge help. With that, we are opening up this kind of opportunity to all our listeners. Please email me at ottagc adventist.org with your thoughts and suggestions. What do you think we should cover on the IWM podcast? What will be most helpful to you in your cross-cultural ministry situation? Looking forward to hearing from you. For now, let me say this. Have a wonderful Sabbath, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week.